We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. We'll discuss uh, what is a two-sport day. Could be softball, too. I'm not sure. But two-sport men's sport day here for, uh, for Ole Miss. We're going to try it without the uh, subscriber mode on the chat today. Oh, you're feeling risky. Let's see if the bot appears. We'll see what happens. We, we, we're right. going to play roulette a little this morning. We'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. But anyway, that coming up, uh, LSU gets some notice from the NCAA. Will that amount to anything? We'll see. We'll talk about that a little bit today. Timing was strictly coincidental. Absolutely, yes. No doubt about that. No, uh, no question. Big NFL trade yesterday. Russell Wilson headed to the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers re-signing with the Green Bay Packers. And just some other assorted things. Also, uh, Tyler Marks, Dr. Tyler Marks, he's with Special Orthopedic Group here in North Mississippi. He is a hand, wrist, and elbow specialist. He's going to come on the show in the second segment to talk about Kevin Graham's injury, how that uh, the timeline is pretty optimistic, and what goes into a uh, scaphoid fracture and recovery from uh, from that. So we'll discuss that and more coming up today on the Oxford Exxon Podcast, the podcast brought to you every single day by the Blue Sky here in Oxford. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides of bread, 32-ounce drink. Also, you know that you can uh, just download the Exxon mobile app. You can take a picture of the QR code right there at the pump. Get 1,000 points. 1,000 points equals $10, even if the tank you're filling up at the time. There with the Blue Sky and the Oxford Exxon. Again, come take from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest like um, Dr. Marks will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford would be a great place to go um, watch tournament games. There were tournament games on last night. I think Gonzaga won, right? They did, yes. They blew them out kind of late. Yeah, I watched the first half. and Played the last like 10 minutes without the number one pick guy. And Did he get hurt? No, he just got like whatever. And uh, foul trouble or whatever. And he. I know this is a hot take, and I'll finish the Rafters read in a second. I don't like Chet Holmgren. 
to that level? I mean, he's fine. What's the highest number you would take him? Four. Okay. Hmm. He's so skinny. I mean, so skinny. And he's skilled. But damn. Like, what if he doesn't fill out? You know, because some super skinny guys don't fill out. Must be nice. But they don't fill out. And that body, he's going to get pushed around in the NBA. And I don't mean just like kind of moved around. I mean shoved Mm -hmm. all over the floor. Anyway. Yeah. There's lots of games on. You can watch them. Ole Miss at five tonight against uh, Mizzou. You can watch uh, that at Rafters. Joy Burger, a po' boy. Appetizers. uh, Great beer selection, full bar and more. They're at Rafters. Music and food on the square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. I still, like, Gonzaga deserves to win one. I kind of hope they do win one eventually for whatever reason. This doesn't um, feel like that team. It doesn't. No. I, it actually feels like the one where they might get hopped earlier than we anticipate. Well, maybe this, this is SEC bias, and I'll admit that up oh, front. Okay. But I think there are four SEC teams that could run them off the floor. Well, one's already, I mean, Alabama's already beaten them. Yeah, and I wouldn't even count in Alabama. Yeah, I know. They won 82-69 last night. They finished the regular season at 26-3. and St. Mary's a good team, 25-7, yeah, and 12-3 in the West Coast Conference. They'll be a five seed. They're solid. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a pain as a five. As you mentioned, uh, Ole Miss-Missouri tonight from Tampa. <laughs> Ole Miss is a three-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Yeah. 131 on your total if you'd like to gamble a little tonight in, in, in I, that one. I mean, help me understand this. Uh-huh. Mizzou's a three-point underdog to Ole Miss tonight in Tampa. They are, yes. They've played twice: once in Oxford, once in Columbia. It's like an, it, but it, you know, it's a, it's really a home neutral site, much closer to Oxford than Columbia. Be a lot of rebels in town tonight. They've played twice. Mizzou won the games by an average of fifteen point five points. They did, yes. What am I? What am I missing? Because I was at the game in Oxford and they ran them off the floor. Yeah, it was. It was twenty for most of the night. Yeah, it was a twenty-five point loss. What am I? Am I missing something? Missouri five and thirteen, eleven and twenty, Rebels thirteen and eighteen, four and fourteen. And then your nightcap, the exciting one tonight. Oh boy. Georgia and Vanderbilt, Scotty Pippen and his Commodores, they are nine point favorites against the Georgia Bulldogs tonight. I'm inclined to lay them. Yeah. Vanderbilt might be a little spunky tonight, and if, Georgia will not be spunky tonight. If some of the things I've heard about Georgia are true, mm-hmm. they might quit on him tonight. Tonight might be their middle finger to Tom Crean. Because he's gone. Bye-bye. They know it. He knows it. He knows they know it. it. They don't like each other. It shouldn't, but tonight really has no impact on an ultimate decision, right? Georgia? Oh, Ole Miss. I was going to say, damn, Chase, I don't know. I wouldn't think. I, I, I don't. Yeah, if Crean wins. He's, okay, so here's my thing about Ole Miss and Missouri, frankly. Uh-huh. Real quick, I don't know Kermit's exact buyout, but typically it is the remainder of the guaranteed salary over that course of time. So okay. it would be somewhere between seven and nine million dollars would be my understanding. That's a lot. Um here's my thing. If you've made up your mind that you're keeping Conzo Martin or Kermit Davis, aren't you better off getting that out front? Putting that, getting, ending any of the talk so that you help the coach recruit. And again, I've never been, I've never worked a day in media relations. I sometimes don't know that I fully understand their job. 
I've never worked a day in an athletic department. I don't know that they, I don't know that athletic departments, and I'm being kind here, I am, I don't know that they understand public relations. Mm -hmm. I think athletic departments have a tendency to get insulated. Like anything else. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, we talk about media coverage. There's a frustration out there nationally about some of the media coverage about certain things. And I always tell people, and this applies to lots of things, national media types typically live in one of three places, right? L.A., D.C., New York. Yeah. And they, like a lot of people, they, they, they hang out socially with the people they work with. Well, that creates quite the bubble. And I think that happens in athletics departments, too. These people work together. They're in the same offices all day long. That's who they go to lunch with. And invariably, they become friends with those people. They know their families, et cetera. None of this is a criticism, Chase, but it's, it's I don't know that sometimes those people fully get how public feels about stuff. Not that they don't try. I just don't know that they do. So I don't, I think it's kind of odd that Missouri is so quiet about Kwanzaa Martin, that Ole Miss is so quiet about this. Because, listen, if, if I'm Ole Miss and I know that I'm bringing Kermit Davis back for a fifth season and I know that this team's going to have to have significant help, because if you buy the injury thing, you're just, you, you, you've gone too far. I'm not saying injuries didn't affect them, but this wasn't a tournament team without the injuries. No, sure, of course not. So if you're going to get better, and they have to get better, and they have, they're going to lose Nas Brooks, they're going to lose uh, probably Jarkel Joyner, they're going to lose people. If you're going to replace that, don't you want to stop any rumbling or whisper or anything that's out there about, hey, don't transfer to there because he's not going to be there. You don't know who the coach is going to be. I would want to stop that, and they haven't stopped that. That's the one thing. Someone asked me, how confident are you that Kermit Davis is back? And I'm like, I don't know, like 95%? Sure. And like, what's the 5%? I'm like, the, the nothing. And I think the argument would be, well, there's no change, so why not mention anything? But at that, that where you're saying that there's – To but, me, that's the PR yeah, flaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I, the PR yeah. flaw. I think that would be the answer, but I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, no, and I, and I, yeah. No, and we're on the same page. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they would say, well, why, we're not making a change. Why would we Why would we address that? We're not going to come out and say, hey, we're bringing Lane Kiffin back. Yeah, but no, it's different. And, and if you can't see that, that's the disconnect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't think they see that. And it's not a criticism. It's just living in a bubble. And bubbles are natural. People think that, I mean, I, I promise you, I have no problem criticizing athletics departments. We'll talk about LSU in a minute. <laughs> this is not a criticism. This is a, yeah. I think it's just one of the trappings of the job. Yeah. Society lives in bubbles more than ever before. Yeah. it's When I see national media all sort of parroting one another, it's a lot of it that gets over. Everybody's like, oh, there's an agenda. They're getting talking points. And that's certainly possible. But it's more likely that these are people that just hang out together. They, they live in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing today, baseball playing Alcorn State tonight, 6.30 start for that. The Braves are god-awful. They're like 0-7. Uh, two things, I assume Jack Washburn is pitching, but I don't know that. I will see kind of – maybe it gives some clues into what Mike's thinking for the weekend because he's TBD on Sunday after Gaddis on Friday and Diamond on Saturday, a, a switch up there. And then um, also just start seeing where these bats are coming for other people with Kevin Graham out. I would assume Calvin, Calvin Harris and Kemp Alderman are the biggest beneficiaries of uh, – of his injury, so those are the couple things to look at from a from a baseball standpoint tonight for uh, for that one. So, the uh, Peyton Chatney show episode three is up. Twenty seven minutes with Peyton. It was really really good. So y'all went a little long at uh, at, at media. Peyton's really good um, to the point that I'm like, oh, this is 
this could be problematic moving forward with other people who mm-hmm. aren't as media savvy as he is. He's fantastic. So we talked about a lot of things. We talked about Kevin Graham, the impact of his absence to the lineup, about how they kind of got a precursor to that a little bit last year when they lost Tim Elko for a while. Uh, so we talked about that. We talked about unwritten rules of baseball, including sign stealing. Oh. We didn't name names. Okay. But we sort of talked about what happened uh-huh. and how you feel about stuff like that. That was pretty interesting. Okay. Um, You're a message boarder. You get it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it the last few days. <laughs> we uh, we talked about uh, roller coasters. Road roller coasters. Tr- road trips. Because they, were, they didn't get to go on them, but I was like, if you could have gone to Universal or Disney, where would you have gone? And so we had that conversation. What do you pick? You have to listen to the show. All right. Fair enough. Uh, a little bit of baseball talk. They are still. They worked until two thirty a.m. on Wednesday morning trying to hammer out a collective bargaining agreement. The owners have come off a good bit of stuff. It actually is the first time where one looks kind of fair. Uh, yeah, it, 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 you're at least moving in a direction. There've been no more cancellations. I did not sense, and I read three or four people this morning early. I did not sense this overwhelming optimism. I didn't get from, you know, sometimes if you. And we do this for a living, obviously. So sometimes you read stuff and you're like, the author's winking at me. And my, my me. little bit of problem with that, and we don't know. I mean, I have no idea. We'll see what, what comes out as the day moves on, is that while I'm for the players, I'm a little worried that they are just absolutely pissed off and saying no to anything right now. That there's a lack of cooperation from their side. That if we don't get this overwhelming win, then by God, we're not playing. Well, you're not going to get an overwhelming win. Well, I think you just nailed it. That, that is the concern among some people in baseball circles is that the players feel, maybe rightfully so, frankly, yeah, that sure. they've been screwed for so long that this has to be a win. That this is two sides you know, talking about a trade, right? You're talking about a fantasy football trade. And you're like, no, I can't do it unless, it's, unless everyone in our thing is going to go, man, you smoked him in that trade. Mm-hmm. This isn't, nobody wants an equitable deal here. The players are angry. And this is Scott Boris's influence. And this is where some of the players who don't have a big enough say yet can't have the voice to go, hey, guys, I kind of need to play. I I need the money here. I'm due 1.4 this year. That's a lot of coin. I I, I need to get that. Yeah, there was and story. some of the guys that are making the decisions are guys who are making $25, 26000000 million and have already put $190 million in the bank. There was a story yesterday about money stats that are getting lost, just guys who are losing so much of their career right here between pandemic and now the lockout and the dudes in their prime that are going, God, like this is money, this is legacy, this is so many different things right now that I can't get on the freaking field enough to – to maximize this point of my career. I mean, just the frustrations that were coming from that. Sure. Keep in mind, I mean, 2020 was not that long ago. They played a 60-game season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got paid for a 60-game season, not a 162-game season. Yeah, guys are, I mean, have the potential here of losing 200, 250 games off their career. That's a lot. That's a, a big number. For a lot of dudes, that's half your career. Yeah, that's home runs. That's the, like, that's, that's a lot of stuff. So... Uh, what was I going to say? I can't remember. Anyway. Was your train of thought a little bit? Yeah, I lost my train of thought a little bit because I had like four trains of thought going at once, okay. which is dangerous. Yeah. We have a good bit of uh, again, some good stuff coming up, just kind of random. Again, we'll talk LSU. We're going to talk some uh, NFL stuff today. 
and uh, and more. I know somebody asked talk about the Bellarmine thing out of Kentucky. Um, we'll hit that at the end of the show as well. Oh, what's that? Uh, the NCAA telling the team they can't go to the postseason because they haven't been D1 long enough, even though they won their conference. Oh, and that's the team that Jacksonville State's going to go instead. That is correct, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. I saw that. We'll hit that here at the end, too. Uh, we're going to talk to Tyler Marks in a second, uh, Ian Doctor from SOG. Here locally, um, discuss Kevin Graham, his wrist injury. We also mentioned John Gaddis a little bit there at the end as he had an injury a couple years ago, his kind of recovery from an elbow thing with him, and uh, a few other things. So uh, really informative. Go to him in a second. First two about community mortgage. Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. You're going to local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Lots of games to bet on if you want to with the uh, all the tournaments getting rolling. it's uh, I suggest Bro Throw. It's a social sports betting network, free to use. It's a really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that saves you money. Uh, you can start your own group, make friends, invite your friends. Payment happens within 24 hours of the conclusion of your bet. It's brothrow.com. Ole Miss and Oral Roberts this weekend. Dad Soxie uh, has a home run deal you don't want to miss. Watch the Ole Miss Oral Roberts baseball series with anticipation of an out-of-the-park sales event. At the conclusion of the series on Sunday, Dad Soxie will discount match the number of home runs the Rebels hit over the three games with a multiplier of 10 as a percentage discount. In other words, if Ole Miss hits five home runs in the series, promo code will activate for 50%, four, 40%, six, 60%. If it's seven, it's still 60%. They're capping it at 60%. It's going to run uh, through the conclusion of the game on Sunday until midnight on March the 20th. So spring into action and take advantage of uh, this incredible offer. It's deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout to receive the home run sale percentage off all orders. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. Uh, warm-up patches used before while you drink. Overtime patches used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. All natural ingredients will keep you in the game. Ready for the next play? Let's go to GameChangerPatch.com. Promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. Also brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC. Established in 2013, it's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized <coughs> System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency sh- staff and a trouble, uh, AUL508A panel shop. If you want to learn more, go to uh, ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Brought to you by Lamons, Lamons Fine Jewelry, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Whether you're looking for fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, engagement rings, whatever the case may be, Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. It's LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And don't forget, we're at that time of the year where it's cold today, it'll be warm tomorrow, those kinds of things. You want to make sure that uh, your air conditioning unit is ready to roll when the hot weather does arrive. I would suggest getting in touch with Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern at 662-429-4429. I guess this is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They're out there on South Lamar and Oxford, also with Tyson Drugs. On the square in Holly Springs, they deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. Fear your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, 
One pickup, you have everything you need when you need it from G&M. Also, with Rightway Meds, they'll individually package your medication for those who need that extra step. So stop in, give them a call, switch your uh, pharmacy situation over to G&M. Again, on South Lamar, 662-236-2222. Now here's Dr. Tyler Marks on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. Now on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline, we've got Tyler Marks from Special Orthopedic Group, Hand Wrist elbow specialist, orthopedic surgeon here to uh, talk, obviously, uh, an injury that has hit the Ole Miss baseball program here recently, Tyler and Ole Miss grad. Uh, appreciate you having uh, having a little time for us today. I know you had a busy day. We're recording this, I guess, early in the evening here on uh, Tuesday. Thanks for the time, Tyler. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. So we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit. We've got several things to uh, to, to talk about today. I, uh, I, I had heard this word before, but I will say that when I – Got the work from Ole Miss. I had no idea what a scaphoid was. Kevin Graham has injured his uh, the, the scaphoid bone in his in his wrist. He has a fracture in it. He is having surgery today, as you guys are hearing it. So just kind of help me out there at first. What is this thing? Where is it? And what does it do? Sure. Um, so, um, by the way, I it was, thought it was interesting that they, you know, a lot of times they don't comment on specifically what bone is broken and. You know, usually it's just has a wrist injury, has surgery, we'll be back. So it's actually kind of nice that they told us exactly what is wrong, even though we'll still be speculating a little bit. Um, it helps. Um, so um, the scaphoid is one of eight bones in the wrist. Uh, it is the largest bone in the wrist. And, you know, when I'm talking about it, the patient uh, usually will describe it. Um, that's way to look at it. When you look at it on x-ray, it looks like a big peanut. And uh, it's just kind of right under your thumb. So just above your big wrist bone, um, in between your, your wrist and your thumb, uh, there's an area. We call it the anatomic snuff box. And if you kind of place your hand flat on the table and try to pick your thumb up, you'll see a little kind of snuff box where, you know, back in the day, I guess when folks used to take a hit of snuff, they would put the snuff in the snuff box. But that's right where the scaphoid is. Um, it is uh, notoriously um, what, what I call a bad actor in that uh, it can be very difficult to heal. It's If you got to pick a bone in the wrist to break, that's not the one to pick. Um, is typically the most kind of difficult uh, to get to heal. Uh, usually we'll see it in snowboarders, skateboarders, things like that who have a fall and fall on their outstretched hand and scaphoid breaks. Um, the, the healing of the scaphoid, it's, it's kind of a well-debated um, topic among hand and wrist surgeons just in terms of what's the best way to treat it. Um, when you're dealing with a high-level athlete, it's usually a, uh, it's a no-brainer. Uh, they got to have surgery. Uh, surgery involves a usually a small incision on the back of the wrist if there's not a lot of movement of the bone. So in other words, you just see kind of a crack on the x-ray, which hopefully that's what he has. I have no idea. I haven't seen his x-rays. Um, so you make a little cut on the back of the wrist and you're inserting a, um, a wire and then you have a screw that uh, has a hole in it that fits in over the wire, put the screw in, the screw sits inside the bone and take the wire out and Surgery is done, so not too difficult of an operation, uh, not too extensive. 
So they gave it in a, a couple different parts to this first. I, I, I guess they put a timeline on it. We'll get to that in a second. But as far as this immediately after surgery, the weeks, what does that recovery process look like as far as I'm assuming he's going to be in some sort of splint or brace for a pretty good bit of time? I mean, at what point do you feel like he even, in, in a typical case, we obviously don't know specifically about Kevin, would be able to resume any sort of activity? What are those two to four weeks looking like before you start sort of kind of seeing where you're at? Yeah, so, you know, in, in my care, uh, four weeks, uh, there's not going to be much of anything going on. You're going to be uh, splinted and or casted after surgery if it's someone you can trust, and they're going to follow instructions. And obviously, Kevin has a lot of incentive to you know, uh, do as he's told uh, with a bright future. Um, you could potentially, once the wound heals, go ahead and get him in a removable brace. Uh, even potentially start just a little gentle motion of the wrist, but uh, not going to be any throwing or lifting weights or anything like that for for at least four weeks in my hands. Um, and, you know, at four weeks, you, you take an x-ray, uh, potentially get a CT scan uh, to help further evaluate the healing and then make a decision at four weeks how aggressive you want to be in terms of what you allow him to do. Yeah, Ole Miss put a, a four-week timeline on that. Um, that appears to be on the – on the I'd say the optimistic side, but the, um, the, the the earliest point that he could potentially return, yeah. just in cases in general when you see athletes, because, I mean, you take, you know, somebody like me, I'm going to have a different – because I'm not trying to hit baseballs at four weeks than he would. When you've seen right. high-level athletes, what is sort of the, the, the median time for recovery that you have seen? Uh, I would say – I would put the number six weeks on it. Um, you know, I think with Kevin, best case, uh, at four weeks, he's going to be able to begin some activities. Um, I'm, you know, maybe proven wrong here, but uh, at four weeks for him to pick up a bat and go start hitting SEC starting pitching four weeks from surgery with a scaphoid fracture, I would be pretty surprised if he's, able to do that will he be able to catch a ball throw a ball um probably which by the way which wrist is or scaphoid is broken i don't even know i don't know that i I can check that but honestly I, I i don't know to be honest yeah well i was just curious curious but but i would think at four weeks can begin some throwing uh potentially some hitting off the tee and beginning the rehab process to get back um I think six weeks game action, maybe. Um, that's, again, pretty aggressive and optimistic. And by by that, I mean being able to bat and everything. I think he'll be able to field um, by six weeks for sure, assuming all goes well. Um, hitting, I would expect more of the six- to eight-week timeline. But, you know, who knows? He's young and healthy, so he's got definitely got – a lot on his side in terms of a speedy recovery. So you mentioned that, whether it be, because we'll just kind of handle both, whether it be one wrist or the other, since we're not sure. Also, you know, is there anything in the injury that would be a mitigating factor that we could shorten or lengthen that prognosis? I mean, I, I guess my question is what, what necessarily changes or what, what kind of factors do you see that do change the length of recovery in these, in these incidents? Sure. Well, so without getting off into the weeds about stuff that you're 
listeners aren't going to care about, but the location of within the scapegoat where the break is, uh, that that's a very important and crucial part. Uh, essentially, again, if it's a peanut shaped bone, uh, the closer you are to the thumb, the better off typically the healing potential. And then the further away from the thumb you get, um, the healing potential becomes still good healing potential, but it's just, it's a little more difficult. So the location of the fracture, uh, makes a big difference. Um, if this is, uh, the hand in which he wears his glove, I would expect we could potentially see him in the field a lot, you know, a lot sooner. Um, I think he would be able to, scaphoid is involved with motion and, and uh, circumduction of the wrist, which certain type of motion that's going to be involved in throwing um, and so that's going to be a little bit more difficult whereas you know catching a ball while it may be a little tender to him it's going to be easier for him to do than you know throwing a ball from the outfield uh, to home plate um, so those are kind of the two main factors um, and you know then you start looking into you know which hand and batting and whatnot but again I think you know, picking up a bat and hitting a ball um, is really going to be one of the harder things for him just to get used to and shake off that, that pain and discomfort. Is it is it a healing thing? Is, is it just pain tolerance? I mean, when, when, when you see him, whether it be four weeks, six weeks, whatever, whatever that point, what kind of signs are we looking for that shows that he's ready to go for that as far as swinging a bat? Yeah. That's a great question. It's, it's both. Um, so number one, before you turn him loose, you got to make sure he's healed. Um, and, you know, usually with a scaphoid, you're going to get a CT scan, make sure that, that you're, you're happy with the healing and the, you know, position of everything. So you, you got to check that off first. Once you check that off, you can clear him to begin rehab. And obviously he's has, has a lot of things at his disposal to help him get back very quickly. Um, so once he's healed, then it's getting him back on track. And then it's a matter of uh, getting him, you know, game ready. And, and again, how long that takes is going to be just dependent on the individual player and how their body responds to the recovery. So is there anything from a long-term standpoint? I mean, obviously it's something that typically heals. You, you mentioned that, it's something that has a pretty good prognosis moving forward. But what sort of things do you look for? Is there any, you know, danger of long-term things? If you come back to earlier, just in general, what what is somebody seeing once this thing is healed? Sure. So, you know, there is a risk of this not healing, and that's why I mentioned earlier it's kind of a known bad actor. Is uh, you know, we call it a non-union, but but when it doesn't heal and then it predisposes you to arthritis, um, and just complicated um, issues down the road, uh, especially with him being a, a baseball player. So uh, there are definitely some complications that can occur with that. Um, you know, if he's a football player, you're, you're, you're still worried, but you're not as worried just because in a, with a football player, you can cast him up, club him up and, and, let them go. So that's, that's kind of the main thing is if he has a non-union and then goes on to develop arthritis. But again, um, 
with him being healthy and, and young, I would expect him to have a full recovery and do very well. You mentioned this in some other sports. Have you seen this in a baseball player previously that, that has been under your care? Um, I have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot more unusual. Um, to have a scaphoid fracture in a baseball player is usually um, – I've got a you know track athlete running hurdles. You just don't, you know, baseball players tend to younger at the younger levels. They tend to injure the fingers, slide into the base. That's why you see the guys wearing the, you know, wearing the mitts now when they when they get on, um, so that when they slide, their fingers are protected. Um, and, and then football players, of course, is one of the more common um, things that I see in, in football players. Um, but I have had one baseball player with a skateboard fracture um, as well, and kind of a similar injury, just a collision and, and fell and had his arm out and braced himself. And he did fine. Just since I've got you here, I'm just kind of curious. Obviously, uh, I have not to this point. Again, this is, this is on Tuesday night, so if they release something, whatever. But Landon Sims goes down, another elbow in the SEC. That's uh, several between Peyton Paulette at, at Arkansas. Connor Prelip at Alabama has been hurt from that injury for a couple of years now. seems like the league is getting inundated with UCL things. I assume it's something that, that I had in high school. When If you saw that clip, it looked to some degree some level of UCL, correct? Yeah, I mean, so I haven't seen it. I heard he was in tears, um, and, and who knows, was it – Obviously, he was in pain, but was he crying? He, he did pain the handshake like that? thing, and that's kind of what got me. He looked like he had gone numb as soon as he let the ball go. Yep. So, likely UCL, and then you've got your nerve right behind the UCL. That, so, um, Yeah, I mean, I, I think just with as much ball as kids grow up playing now, um, elbows or, or UCLs, rather, um, they're just they're very very prevalent i mean i had a kid in the office today that uh, had just recovered from uh tommy john and you know he's now he's injured another part of his body but yeah you see it all the time now and uh just it's a you know tends to be more of an overuse thing as well as a mechanics a mechanics issue as well Um, but overuse is more more of the issue you mentioned the ulnar nerve just a second ago when you had that answer. John Gaddis is a guy, obviously, he's been switched Friday night for Ole Miss with against Oral Roberts to start that series on Friday. He had a uh, an ulnar nerve relocation done during his or right before his final season at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Is that something where that the nerve is usually independent of the ligament? I mean, did that the, the ligament probably in good shape? For yeah. That? It, what, what, what is sort of normal for that injury? Because it, it's the first time I've talked to somebody who's had that. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty interesting problem that is you do see in throwing athletes, and it's possible that that's what Landon Sims had. And for his sake, I certainly hope that's all he had because that's a fairly easy problem. But so the nerve sits in a little groove back, bony bony bump on the inside of your elbow. That's right where your ulnar collateral ligament is, and then your nerves right kind of back behind it. And uh, that nerve is held in place. Uh, I have some soft tissue structures that, that, that keep it in that little groove. And, and we'll see in throwing athletes, you'll see those uh, soft tissue structures that hold the nerve in place. They, they can become weakened from overuse, and the nerve can become destabilized. 
And so then with flexion of the elbow, you'll have that nerve kind of ride up over the bump, uh, that bump on the inside of your arm. We call it the medial epicondyle. And so that nerve will start to subluxate uh, in and out of the groove. And, and it feels like you've hit your funny bone nonstop. And, and oh, God. players come in and they, they report that, you know, look, I'm fine. But when I start pitching and it's the, the small finger and the ring finger, they say my small finger and ring finger go numb. And sometimes it's immediately, sometimes it's, you know, as I get a couple of innings in. So that's probably without – knowing much of his history that's probably what happened to Gaddis and hopefully that's all Sims had because it's a that's an easy problem to treat not super common but I've I've had my fair share of those for sure and once that's repaired it it typically will remain repaired yeah yeah you just uh easy little operation and kind of you move the nerve to the front of the elbow so you don't tie it back down behind it. You move it to the front. We call it a transposition. And uh, they're they're good to go. Rehab on that is pretty easy. Usually you can have them back four to six weeks at the most. Yeah, he, he got back. He turned into a, a, a heck of a pitcher at Corpus Christi that the last the second half of the season. Probably what landed him the old Miss offer is he, he allowed four earned runs over his last 52.1 uh, innings with the Islanders. So Gaddis obviously, again, throwing on Friday for uh, – Troubles against Oral Roberts, um, but I uh, I appreciate the info on Graham. You definitely taught me a few things today or tonight. As we're recording this. Hope to uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah. But every time we do it on the podcast, it's uh, it, it's over something negative, honestly. So hopefully we don't do too much of that. But I appreciate <laughs> it, and let's uh, let's talk again. That sounds good. All right, Chase. Thanks so much. That was Tyler Marks and Chase here yesterday on Kevin Graham. That does not sound like a four-week injury. No, it sounds like four weeks is when he begins to, uh, unless there's something we're unaware of, um, that he will begin doing related activity. But I don't – getting back on the field in four weeks will be very, uh, very difficult or a very, 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 very best-case scenario, it sounds like, to this point. So, yeah, I appreciate Tyler's time there. Um, really, really knowledgeable, obviously, in, uh, in hands, wrists, elbows, that kind of thing. And, frankly, in sports and how they relate to, to, to athletes and sports injuries. So, I appreciate – those guys at SOG for uh, for that, including Tyler, for his time yesterday. We'll uh, we'll talk some LSU. We'll talk some more things coming up on the show. Quickly, I'll tell you about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, two packages, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I have it at home as well. It's what made the internet work well last night. Talking to Tyler, your hometown team, bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available. Portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender if you need that, but you probably won't and much more. So find the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, 662-238-3159. College Corners, your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. They're uh, based in Madison, Mississippi, clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. What they do is they provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. Investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, they'll sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed 
financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's MyPinWealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. This is pretty simple. If you're thinking about a trip, you want to make it uh, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. And to do that, you need a little help usually. So get in touch with John. Just give him some parameters and a budget. Give him an idea of what it is you're looking to do. And then sit back. He's going to come up with a ton of options that are uh, just for you. And you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. If you're coming to Oxford uh, this weekend, suggest that you uh, try OPA. It's the newest restaurant on the historic square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, and more. Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and amazing candlelit patio. It's 306 South Lamar on the square in Oxford. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. I've got a mailbag up at RebelGrove.com. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Whitney sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. And you can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Podcast is brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. That's JohnstonHillCreamery.com. You can see a full menu they're on their website between small batch artisanal cheese. They make in-house locally every single day here in Oxford. Fermentations, charcuterie, bakery, catering, grazing tables, and more. That's 662-419-9201. Our cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. And uh, check out their Instagram page. They put a lot of new menu items up there. Their specials, their, uh, their hours some days if they do change, including a, a picture yesterday of their Mississippi Shake. That's their dill peppercorn, Havarti-style aged cheese ready to be cut into their cheese case so uh again open at 10 today 662-419-9201 it was mentioned in the thread yeah some interesting uh games last night around the sec from a baseball standpoint including mississippi state uh trying to recover a little bit they beat number 17 texas tech in biloxi last night 11 to 5 they finish up a two-game set there on the uh, mississippi gulf coast with the red raiders today before they come back home they were obviously in new orleans over the weekend and then uh, in Biloxi for this one. I think MGM Park is what that's called down there. Ole Miss has not played there since 2017 when they had a 5 nothing win over Nichols. So it's been a been a minute since the Rebels have been down there. Um, elsewhere around the league, South Carolina lost to Xavier last night. Uh, Georgia Southern beat Georgia 13-5. to Tennessee had a game uh, suspended in the seventh inning, or sorry, in the eighth inning, tied 7-7 to with James Madison last night. And then obviously Ole Miss... Uh, Rained out with Memphis, so there's a there's that Auckland State tonight. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to write Mississippi State off just yet. I'm gonna give them a minute. They're gonna have a hard time from a seating standpoint. Right. That's what they've done is really injured themselves from a seating standpoint. But no, if you want to go, hey, no, no, they got no chance. They're gonna suck in the postseason. Feel feel yeah. free. I'm at it. I'm not, way too early for that nail in that coffin right now. Not yep. not going there. I've seen I've seen some state teams be absolutely dead in the water and. Go win a super regional. Well, including maybe the one weekend you went to a game, Ole Miss kind of popped them those first two days in Oxford in 2013. They had a comeback. It was was when Bobby Wall started pitching and they had the rain delay thing, remember? Oh, yeah. Ole Miss wins the first two. State comes back to get a win to salvage that Sunday game and then go on this run and end up finishing second in the country, losing to UCLA in the championship series. Probably the most, uh, most obvious one there, so. 2013. That was a long time ago. Yeah, 2013. Yeah. 
you were in, you were out there for a birthday party. That's correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then the rain came. It was torrential. Yeah, because Bobby threw like an inning. Yeah, because I remember came. asking you, "Hey, it's obvious it's going to rain. Why is he throwing?" Yeah, like I couldn't believe he got up to go warm up. They bring him back the next day. I don't think so. I don't think he pitched again that weekend. Okay. So LSU received notice of their allegations tied to men's basketball, football programs. Obviously, Will Wade very uh, <laughs> on the eve of the SEC tournament. Yeah, yeah, coincidence? <laughs> Not at all formulaic. There is it. Like <laughs> that was the NCAA's middle finger. Came from their complex case unit because the NCAA mm, has a complex case unit. Of course, where this is a. Uh, because it's very complex when you have federal wiretaps involved with your your basketball coach. Uh, it's the basketball stuff's been going on since at least 2017. Um, we don't know details and specifics yet. LSU has to comply with some open open records requests. Because remember, the NCAA does not have subpoena power, but they can fill all the open records requests. So LSU has to uh, has to do that. LSU declined comment to Sports Illustrated, which broke the story on Tuesday night. SI broke it, huh? <coughs> they did. <clears throat> Who got yeah. that deadline? Uh, Byline was it forty? Was it Pat? Mm. Yep. Think there's a birdie somewhere in Indianapolis that points his direction? No, it's just another coincidence. <laughs> He's working the hell out of that story. <laughs> hey, yeah, someone called him and said, "Hey, Pat, you want something?" Yeah. Let me tell you what's coming out tomorrow. Want to get your story ready? Yeah. Here's what's going to be. Yeah. Yep. That's how that happened. Because is one of those guys that will be at the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. Tweeting about how it's it's great. And people don't you, – you, you and I talk about this. This thing, no matter whether you love college basketball, whether you hate college basketball, whether you are completely apathetic about college basketball, you must understand that the NCAA views this as its golden child. The NCAA loves this tournament. Mm-hmm. I remember telling you in 2020. And it's the largest moneymaker they have. Yeah, I remember telling you in 2020 when they announced the NCAA tournament was canceled. I said, dude, everything's canceled. That was before college baseball got canceled. I said, you've covered your last college baseball game this year. And you're like, are you you sure? I'm like, dude, they they, they just canceled their baby. Yeah. And so this It made 700 and something million dollars two years ago. Yeah, they love this thing. They love this thing. And so they don't want Will Wade on the sidelines. They don't want that storyline. This was, this was their way of telling LSU, get him off the court. We don't want him on there. He's an embarrassment. We don't want that. We're angry. This was – so my prediction here is yeah. that Will Wade, sometime in the next 48 hours, they're going to take him off the floor. He really? That's what I think. Okay, so that's what's interesting here because <clears> – <throat> Obviously, Wade is the central figure in this from this standpoint. He's the one that had the strong-ass offer quote. He's the one where they had Christian Dawkins saying that he was obviously 100% talking about money in the comment. All those things have come out through – it was an HBO documentary is what it was. I forget the, the name of it or the title or whatever. But it was it was that. Um, you've got all the stuff with Joe Oliva when Wade was reinstated and all that in April of 19 a couple years ago. It's, it's all that stuff, just football stuff in it too. The interesting part, though, and this is where it's leading into what you're talking about, is that there's allegations in this paperwork that Wade arranged or offered impermissible benefits to at least 11 prospects. They have 11 prospects that they are tagging Wade with to some extent. Yeah. And for the longest time, LSU did everything possible to protect Will Wade. 
to because they wanted him as their coach. Kind of. See, I have a different take okay. on this, but go ahead. Yeah. So this is what's interesting to me about it is that they kind of they let Wade go out there, but they never went, "Hey, no, we're firing him. We're doing this." There was no, "Hey, we're we're running our business until you guys make your final decisions or doing whatever it is you want to do." His contract states they can fire him without penalty if he's found to commit or is essentially charged by the NCAA with a level one or level two violation. They have the ability to fire him with cause. If he's just charged with it. Charged with a level one or level two violation per Sports Illustrated. I'll take their word for it. Yeah, we'll do. Obviously, the scope of this notice related allegations is definitely going to meet those thresholds. But before yesterday, had they fired him, he was owed a massive buyout. That is correct. Okay. Point being, Matt Moscona says yesterday that he believes that they will absolutely kick Wade out. Will Wade out to save the football program. That they will bury the basketball program to make sure football is not affected. I believe that to be true. And that's where I guess I'm getting is that maybe that was the whole deal, and maybe that's where you're coming to what you're going to say, is they let Wade continue to operate. He still recruited at the high level. They were still paying the hell out of players. They were running their network and their system completely to this point. Yeah. Maybe it was literally we're going to protect you and we're going to be behind you until you get one of these violations and it's going to be on paper and then peace, you're out. From a money standpoint. So I just think they always knew that once the cases got tied together that he would be the fall guy. But I think they had to be very careful that it didn't look like it was, <laughs> I can't believe I'm using this word, uh, insurrection. That it was an in- internal thing. Sure. They had to let it look like, hey, we, we let the process play out. And they didn't have grounds without a charge to fire him. See, I think two years ago they wanted to fire him. You do? I do. I, no, I'm thinking I know it. They wanted to fire him. You don't think they were just in the basketball business and went, hey, he's going to win, so let's let this run? No. Okay. They were scared of him. They, they're still scared of him. They, football's their baby, obviously. Duh. And when it got, when they got linked, this is this is their this is their they're going to plea bargain. I agree with Matt. Now I don't think football is going to walk scot free. Mm-hmm. I don't. And they're not just going to accept their already associated penalties of scholarship reductions and that one bowl ban that they put in place in themselves. And I could be wrong. LSU plays tomorrow against the winner of Ole Miss Missouri. Is it okay? Pretty sure that's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean. I'm covering a team that's four and fourteen in the league. The tournament doesn't really matter until it, it, unless yeah. the team that I cover gets to Sunday. Um, LSU today's a big day for LSU. I'll be surprised if Will Wade's on the court tomorrow against really? yeah against Missouri or Ole Miss. I think they'll suspend him. And then I think they'll do some little funny investigation thingy, and then I think they fire him. So Bill will be the head coach for LSU tomorrow night? Yeah, and I think Bill's going to be a head coach next year somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So Bill's perfectly capable of running their floor sure, game. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. hell, most people are above Will. Not really his strong suit. No. Um, I just, I'll be surprised. I mean, it, it, they've got the letter now. Yeah. What do you, you can double down at this point. It's on tape, and it's more than one player. It's more 11. than it's more than Javante Smart. And people have said, "What's the holdup for LSU?" They heard the tape. LSU's holdup was when LSU wanted to fire Will Wade. This is fairly educated, and they went looking for the money, the actual money. They couldn't find it. 
the layers did their job. Yeah. And look. And so if I accuse you of stealing money and then I can't ever find that you stole the money. Yeah. Well, the accusation falls apart. Yeah. And Will Wade's, if you, if you fire Will Wade with cause, not NCAA, you say you cheated, and then he sues you for damages and wins in court. Well, now you have real problems. And look, and notice of allegations. Now, no, look, the Bill, NCAA- Bill's, Bill's, there's a couple of programs. They're small. JM, I know you're laughing, but they're, they're smaller programs. I think he's, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to get an opportunity. There's, if I named the one that I think it's going to be, it would create some, some stuff, but. But I, I do think he's going to get a job. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sure. No, you're fine. A notice of allegations is more kind of like a plaintiff summary. It's where we throw all the stuff against the thing, and then we'll come off that a little bit. So, look, are they going to have enough on 11 players to stick? Probably not. Yeah, but you get two or three. Well, that's my point. You only need a couple. You only need two or three at the right amount. I mean, we, we it, saw. It was the part of the Ole Miss case that nobody yeah. ever fully understood. The NCAA believed, and I think they're wrong, by the way, but the NCAA, NCAA believed that, that Ole Miss cheated like bandits during the Hugh Freeze era. And all they needed was two or three things to stick. They didn't need the 14 to stick. So once Lindsey Miller gave them his bank account and they found what was $800, whatever the case it was, once they had that, they had it. Like, okay, well, we're we're going to hit you with this, and we're going to punish you for all the other stuff that we think you did, but we can't. Yeah, we're going to maximize and not me- mitigate. Yeah, because of yeah what we believe to have happened. Yes, that's correct. So point being, I'm not, I'm not defending that. By yeah, the way, I'm yeah. just telling you that's what happened. So point being, even they don't have eleven, that doesn't really matter. Several of them get thrown completely out, and okay, fine, whatever. We'll take our four, and we'll still punish you, and we'll do whatever yeah. we can do. I think they'll hit them hard. I mean, I do. I, I think you'll see. Some scholarship reductions. I think LSU can avoid a postseason ban by firing Wade now. I do too. I think if LSU puts Wade on the floor, and they could do it tomorrow. The NCAA doesn't care about the SEC tournament. Yeah, sure. That's for later. It's next week. That's 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 the SEC's fun. Go have fun. But next week, yeah, it's that game against Providence where they're like, hey, yeah, uh, when they set you up in that four thirteen game somewhere in Boise or Bismarck or wherever the hell the game's played. You in the mocks. That's their baby. They don't want him on the floor. They want to be able to go, see, this game is pure. You cheat, you don't coach. Mm-hmm. Not in our tournament. Well, that's how they view it. Hey, try to walk on the floor at the NCAA tournament with a Coke bottle in your hand. See how that goes. They are big on that, aren't they? They're big on the cups. Big on just it's just their thing, and they're very and everybody deep. plays along. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, and and talks about how great it is. And this the announcers are kind of told, "Hey, we don't want you talking about this." And so, if Will Wade's standing on that sideline in a four thirteen game that gets out of hand, and they do sometimes, you know, twenty one point game. And the announcers who are calling four games that day, they so need you're some content, so you're not super researched, and they got to talk. And sometimes those announcers are calling four games. And they start talking, hey, you know, Will Wade, the NCAA investigation. I don't want that. So my anticipation is he he's let go or suspended. Although you're also you're also making them talk about it by taking him off the floor. Hey, we got an assistant coach. You are, but then you move on. You move on, but yeah. 
Oh, look, Bill Armstrong, lifetime assistant, Cinderella story, carrying the Tigers to a win and over by next, And by next week, you could know that Bill Armstrong's a candidate at School X. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Go to the events page. Find out what's going on this week and every week here locally in Oxford and Lafayette County. What, where to stay, what to eat, do and see, as well as the uh, the events. Remember, Double Decker coming up before you know it. That is April 23rd weekend. Tons of stuff going on that weekend. Grove Bowl, Mississippi State Ole Miss Baseball here at Swayze Field. And then Double Decker back in its uh, its time slot for the first time since 2019 on the calendar. So uh, if you need to reserve your hotels and you do all those things, do that now. Again, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. It's safer this spring than it was last spring. Is, is. that what you're saying? That's correct, yes. <laughs> We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967 you're on the job hunt whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional they have opportunities across the board whether you're in it engineering dentistry accounting law manufacturing human resources or maybe you don't really know what you're looking for just yet they can help you their goal is to get to know you your strengths and see what you're looking for in your next candidate find you the right fit you have nothing to lose, so get in touch with Will, Sydney, or Kelsey at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. I mentioned the Peyton Chatney Show. It's brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their style is hand-select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves. One smile at a time, Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Brought to you by Bell & Grove, based out of Chattanooga. They are a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. Whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, they can accommodate you. They uh, provide air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information, call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557. And last but not least, we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. There's a lot to be offered by Southern Traditions, including horseback riding offerings from beginner lessons with trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse and competing at nationally recognized competitions. Under the teachings of one of the best young professionals in the sport, Bowers Cone, Southern Traditions has high aspirations for its future. For questions or information about le lessons, boarding, or sales, contact Bowers at BowersCone, the number one, at gmail.com, or message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. So a couple thoughts real quick. One is Greg Sankey's not going to want this hanging over his tournament. Mm -hmm. 
So those meetings happened yesterday. You can bet Zoom, phone calls, something. So I, I, anyway, the other thing that, that is, was always interesting to me was LSU was hiring Lincoln Riley. I never believed Lincoln Riley was going to take the LSU job if NCAA hammers could potentially fall. And the same holds for Brian Kelly. He wasn't leaving Notre Dame for LSU if he believed that there was even a chance that LSU would get hammered. Sure. So I think you're going to see the basketball program take the bulk of the hit. Yeah, yeah. If you tell me LSU goes down from 85 to 82 or something like that for a year, sure. But I'd be surprised if their football penalties are significant. Yeah. Uh, some news today on three different quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, first, a grand jury will hear evidence Friday in the case involving Deshaun Watson. The same day, he also will face questions for the first time in at least some of the pending civil lawsuits he has going on. Um, criminal and civil things happening today is he will uh, he will assert his Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate himself during his testimony in the civil case Friday, and then uh, he could be criminally charged the same day as uh, as well. So. That going on with Deshaun Watson today. We'll see where that thing falls. There are 22 civil cases filed against him um, with a range of actions during massage appointments. And uh, yeah, so there's 22, that. huh? 22. That's correct, yes. Kind of like a pattern of behavior. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers re signs with the Green Bay Packers yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Not overly shocked. A lot of stuff, but not, not shocked. It doesn't feel overly happy. No, it's just convenient. It does feel convenient, doesn't it? That yeah. does feel like what it is. It's just it was just kind of convenient. Nothing else can quite work out, and it might be Green Bay just asked Denver for the moon and sun. Whereas Seattle didn't get a ton. Just All right, this isn't this isn't even a hot take. Yeah, sure. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah, I watched a lot of NFL this year. I saw the Seahawks play, I'd guess, seven full games. Okay. His best years are behind him. They went 7-10, and ten, by far their worst season under him to this he point. He wasn't the same quarterback. Like, if you were to people, – people are like, oh, he's in the same division now with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes is better than him. Yeah, He's in the same division with Justin Herbert. Herbert's better than him. I don't know that he's significantly better than Derek Carr. Throws a better deep ball. That's it. He's 33 years old. The Broncos are trading Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, and five draft picks. Two ones, two twos, and a five. That's correct. And then Seattle gets a fourth back from Denver and in, in when they have the five. So it's, correct. It's, it's changing one round and then two first and two seconds. But some of the problem is there's no guarantee. It's not like you have a like this year. Their best pick is this season. It's a ninth round pick. I mean, a ninth overall pick with no quarterback out there that everybody's in love with. Like there's no there, there's no huge incentive to be like, oh well, we're doing it because we're going to get this dude and that replaces that. Well, and all there's, the mock drafts, nothing. all the mock drafts yesterday had Seattle going defense at nine. Yeah, I mean. Like I had people go, do you think this means Matt Corral to Seattle? I mean, it means rebuild. Yeah, it's not, it mean, not they, what they, it told they, me. They cut Bobby Wagner yesterday. It yeah. just means resource allocation. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was his stats wise, he was very good. 
He didn't have a ton of yards, but he threw twenty five touchdowns, six picks. He was he was This tells me that Seattle, to its credit, looked in the mirror mm-hmm. and said, Okay, we've gotten kind of fat. We're bloated. We don't look good. Our clothes don't fit. And we're on the runway with three supermodels. Maybe it's time to get off that runway for a minute and let's go fix ourselves. Let's go to work. Yeah, because they're in a bitch of a division. I mean, the Rams just won a Super Bowl. The Niners were right there. The Cardinals, the Cardinals were a bad. playoff team, and they're not bad, and their quarterback's a little weird, but but they're good. Yeah. And Seattle looked at it and went, you know what? We might be the worst team in the division. In fact, we probably are. Probably are. It's time to fix it. The Washington offer for William for Wilson included three first-round picks. He wanted a, out of the NFC, however. He asked for no trades to NFC team. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Not coming from the athletic. Locke was Denver's second-round pick in 19. He started 21 games over three seasons for the Broncos. Pretty pedestrian. 59%, 25 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, 8-13 and 13 record. So Washington offered three ones? They did. Son of a. It tells you Washington does not. That tells me Washington does not like any of these quarterbacks that much. No, because they went, we'll do this. They would rather have the 33 year old guy. But they're not winning a Super Bowl with him. It's to where I keep coming back with this quarterback thing. Because if you're, I know. If you're, if you're Denver, is Russell Wilson in the next two seasons going to win a Super Bowl for you? Uh-uh. Do you have the personnel in place to win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson? They're pretty good up front, Denver is. Yeah. Got a good back. They do. Got some good receivers. They do. They improved. Did they improve enough to win the AFC West? And to mortgage a lot. You traded four dudes and five picks. Yeah. I've been around some dumb p- trades with picks. Look, <laughs> Well, in, in two years, Wilson's a 35-year-old. I mean, see, what's he giving you? Because it's kind of the Rams school a little bit. The Rams said, hey, we don't care about draft picks. We'll just sign some free agents, and we'll be really good at a few positions, and we'll be okay at other positions. And that's the way they went about it. I mean, the, the Rams do not keep draft picks. They don't care. They don't want them. They don't care. And it works for them. But that doesn't always work no. for everybody. And you got to be able to get the other dudes. Is Denver going to go out and go, nope, I'm signing this free agent and this free agent and this free agent, and they want to come play here? Well, eh. they, I mean, they've done it before, and it yeah. worked. And it but, took them several years to get back, but they got a, got a trophy out of it. But now, if you're Denver, you've you've made this deal, and it's only a good deal if you leave with one of the big silver trophies. Otherwise, it's a bad deal. Seahawks beat beat writer says the Seahawks just didn't move on from Wilson; he moved on from them as well. The divorce, in the sense that both sides decided they had irreconcilable differences. Seattle no longer viewed Wilson as the quarterback of the future because they absolutely would not give him a $50 million a year quarter contract. Duh. From Wilson's view, he no longer saw Seattle as a place where he could achieve his goal of winning multiple championships. That's so, fine. I mean, from, from Seattle's standpoint, I, I, I think it's I'm, I'm all in. It's probably not Locke as Seattle's quarterback of the future. They're acquiring a top 10 pick in this year's draft, meaning the team is going to take a good hard look at the quarterbacks in the 22 class. John Schneider has done this every year. The Seahawks wanted to trade Wilson and select Josh Allen in 2018, but now those evaluations will determine the future of the franchise. For now, we know this. The Seahawks no longer have a franchise quarterback on their roster. Carroll usually loves big-armed quarterbacks. So my guess is that they'll take a real hard look at 
Malik Willis, first and foremost. And my guess is they'll pass on him. And maybe Seattle tries to maneuver with some of these picks into later into the first round with another pick, and that's where they go after a corral. Wilson's reasoning, an offensive-minded, forward-thinking head coach who has experience with a veteran quarterback with a similar skill set, very good group of skill position players, and the receiver group, along with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick, remains intact after the trade. A decent offensive line and a strong defense. He'll be moving on from moving from one very competitive division to another, but compared to other potential landing spots like Indianapolis or Philadelphia, Denver probably gives him the best chance to win right away. Yeah. Makes it fun. Again, on a day when college basketball is trying to take the, the headlines, the NFL goes, nah, we got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Daniel, thanks for Super Chat. He says, where does Dunhurst rank for catchers in the Bianco era? Is he the best? Ah, um, He's the best overall. I, well, we've seen multiple seasons. I mean, Stuart Turner had the best season from an Ole Miss catcher in the history of, of Mike's era that I've been covering them. Because he... He hit a ton. He won the bench award for the best catcher in the country, and he was very good defensively. Dunhurst is a better receiver and a better kind of managing the pitching staff than than, than Stewart was, but Stewart had a very similar arm. I mean, he's Stewart was never going to hit at the major league level like he hit in college, but that offensive year that he had probably makes him the best. Dunhurst won 1A right there. Dunhurst is better than Cooper, um, especially the course of his career. Those are probably the top three. You know, Will Allen wins the SEC batting award, but he did not catch, the, you know, his entire career. From a straight catching standpoint, it's Dunhurst and, and Stuart Turner. But I would, Dunhurst gets a larger sample size, which gives him a little more whatever. But I think Turner's one season was more impressive than any of Dunhurst's one season. But again, Dunhurst has been here through a hand injury. He broke his hand prior to the season last year, played through it all year. And then in 2020, he had the pandemic thing where he only has 17 games. So we haven't seen a ton of it at this point. Um, Our friend Ginger says Will Allen, but I think she's factoring in that things appear to be going beyond the baseball. She's um, factoring in things that, yeah, are not necessarily on the field. Will was the emotional team leader of that 14 team that went to Omaha. He finished, he was a finalist for the bench award. There's no doubt. I mean, he, he had a hell of a season. Uh, but he was he was not in Dunhurst and Turner's defensive capabilities by any any stretch of the imagination. Is he out of baseball now, Stewart? I don't know. No, he, will will I think? But I'm not a hundred percent. You know, Stewart hung on for the Reds for a little while as a defensive catcher and kind of that second team guy and got some action. But just the offense was really bad, and he didn't ever seem to stick as. You know, it's funny who makes it and who doesn't. From they get the reputation of no, we just have to have this guy in the clubhouse as that number two catcher and that defensive oriented guy, and just could never really completely get get there. Really, really close, um, but did not uh, did not get to that point. So, yeah, something like that. Uh, all right, we got uh, Ole Miss and Missouri five o'clock today from Tampa. Going to do a, like a really extensive preview and watch party. Neil's going to do a post-game show. He'll be back with you tonight for that. <laughs> we'll have baseball against Alcorn State, 6.30 start. I Again, I have no idea who's pitching. I don't know if it's Jack Washburn or they're moving somebody else into that. And then Ole Miss playing Oral Roberts this weekend, final non-conference series of the uh, of the year, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There wouldn't Nine be 50 people on an Ole Miss basketball post-game show, I don't think. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, so 5 o'clock for that, and then Georgia and Vanderbilt is your nightcap from – Tampa, the St. Pete area. So hope you have a wonderful day. We will talk to you again tomorrow. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.